Hello, and welcome back to the Net Zero Nation podcast, the official podcast of the Net Zero organization. I'm your host, Angela Betancourt, and I'm thrilled that you are tuning in. Our guest this week is Seth Lightman, aka the Green Living Guy. With a rich career spanning over 27 years, Seth has been a driving force in the environmental sector, advocating for sustainable living and green technology. Seth's impactful work includes collaboration with New York State's key environmental agencies and initiatives. Beyond his professional roles, he champions environmental causes through his company, sharing his insights on green living through various platforms, including his Instagram, blog, and podcast. Seth is also dedicated to expanding the electric vehicle community and spreading awareness about sustainable practices. We are excited he could join us today. Seth, thank you so much for being on the Net Zero Nation podcast. This is so wonderful to have you. Um, uh, to, to be on anything that's a Net Zero podcast, you, you don't have to, you had me at Net Zero. <laughs> love it, so, love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. So I let's start at the beginning with the origin mm. story. Uh, what initially inspired you to become the green living guy and advocate for sustainable practices? How did this whole thing start? Wow. So uh, when I originally got involved working after my master's program in international development, where I focused my research on international energy policy and realizing how the World Bank, in combination with the International Monetary Fund, were in the 80s, 90s, 70s, whatever, um, putting coal-burning power plants in places uh, like China and uh, basically helping, as one book called it back then, mortgaging the earth. And I had enough of it and I researched it and because of the way I am, I'm just that guy, uh, when, which makes me the green, not just the green living dude, I'm a green living guy, like I get it done. Um, my master's program, I was grateful enough to speak literally with the guy who was managing the coal burning power plants being installed in China. And I got to say oh, wow. to him in no New York terms, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Do you realize what you're doing? Do you realize I've seen pictures of soot-laid atmosphere that Chinese are walking around? And he told me that the World Bank's policy back then was uh, the member, and it still is, that the member state that requests an app, uh, funding for a grant, they decide what they want. And this is in 1994. 594. Um, then I said, well, what about wind? What about solar? Too cost prohibitive was the answer from the World Bank. So I realized I had a lot of work ahead of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I first got involved in researching wind and solar. And when I wanted to work for the state of New York, uh, specifically NYSERDA, which is the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, I got involved in alternative fuel vehicles. I didn't understand why, because I wanted to be involved in renewable energy. But then I read this book back then that kind of summed it up, which was from the U.S. Department of Energy, which said 
you take renewable energy, you put it to the car, you have zero tailpipe emissions. Um, and then when you talk, talk about the life cycle of a car, um, even the Wall Street Journal has recently reported by uh, affirming Elon Musk's data statement, which I had said as well, it takes about two years or 24,000 miles for an electric car to become carbon negative. Interesting. So um, that, you know, it's not like a gas car where it's constantly <laughs> causing emissions. And as it gets older over time, it gets worse. Um, right. This is the alternative. Uh, it's completely the opposite. So when I started seeing all that, I said the I saw the writing on the wall that electric was the way to go. Um, it was the right move. Um, it might have been uh, a little different than what the majority of the people wanted, but it was something that I believed in. It was my conviction. It was something that I realized I needed to do. So um, then I went and worked for the New York Power Authority for uh, a few, about four years, um, where we did the largest electric vehicle station car program with Ford Motor Company. Uh, this was after, mind you, 9-11. Mm. We placed 100 electric cars in the New York metro area. We gave them these guaranteed upfront parking spots. We gave them uh, free charging at their house. So we installed charging stations in their home for free back in 2001. Um, we also gave them monthly commutation checks. So basically every month you have to pay to get on the uh, MTA Metro North trains to right. go into New York City. It would mm -hmm. reduce that monthly commutation, that, that monthly fee by about 40 bucks a month. And then we gave them an insurance reduction credit, which was another $40 a month. Uh, we did a U.S. Department of Energy study. And the only thing that people complained about was that the car didn't go too far because it only had about 55 miles back then. Now look at cars today. Right. Um, you can go hundreds of miles. You can go at least over 250 miles on most cars nowadays, um, getting closer to 300 in most cases. Um, that's where we are today, and it's only going to get better over time. So uh, to, to fast forward, after I worked for the state, I then uh, left. I formed my a couple of companies. One failed because I was too early, believe it or not. Uh, it was an electric scooter company, but I was too early. <laughs> I, I I believe you. And I'm fascinated yeah. with how early you have been in all of this. Yeah. And yeah. the electric scooter, that's something that's been a thing maybe in the last five, six years. That's right. That's right. So I was really ahead of the, the game on that. Um, so I then formed a consulting company just called ETS Energy Store which is like, um, I'll consult you in anything energy efficiency related, E, transportation related, T, or sustainability related, F. So that's my ETS energy store. Um, and then I formed after um, a few years when I started getting involved on Facebook and back then it was Twitter, not X. Um, so I formed a social media company called Green Living Guy Productions. So um, 
you know, one fails, you learn what to do for the next. So I've been working a lot on social media, helping companies out. I've helped out companies like Staples, uh, this one company that was an LED lighting company that relamped all of Macy's, Abercrombie and Fitch, and they got bought out by 3M. Uh, I've worked with Panasonic USA and Tesla Motors, Solar City before it was part of Tesla Solar uh, when Kimball owned it, um, Musk. And so I've been for the since about 2007 really pushing the social media uh, program that I offer and also just getting the word out. Um, for so long, when I worked for the state of New York, you know, I've done some politic game, you know, work also over my life. And now I'm not involved in politics. I just um, am getting the messaging out. So I took my my expertise and put it toward my social media. And I'm trying to because, you know, in New York State, the majority of emissions in this state is transportation. And in most of the country, uh, a lot of the emissions is caused by transportation. So if you can make electric cars uh, appealing, sexy, fun, lively, um, people will be more inclined to buy them. So that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, Beside fostering stories on my blog site, greenlivingguy.com on everything from, good Lord, everything from um, organic fashion to uh, protecting the anim- the endangered to recycling to uh, there's almost every wind power, geothermal, solar, uh, electric cars, and all the different uh, advancements. I got over... Wow, I can't believe it now. Over 7,500 posts and growing. Uh, And I'm just trying to constantly let the people know. Let people know, get the word out, and uh, spread awareness of green living in a fun, engaging, and exciting way for people. And you're doing that, and and we all applaud you because putting the information out there is key. And doing it in a fun way way is key for people to easily more easily digest it and interact with the information that you're giving them and yeah. not feel overwhelmed and feel open to embracing these types of concepts. So you touched on a couple of things that I actually want to do a bit of a deeper dive in. So just to backtrack for a minute. Yeah, because there's so many interesting points here that I, that I want I to cover. Can imagine. Yeah. I can so imagine. I want to backtrack a minute to going back to the, how you were talking about all these incentives that you were doing in New York with the parking and the reduced uh, um, fee for the MTA and mm-hmm. the charging stations. I want to talk a little bit about the charging stations because I'm, I live in South Florida and yeah. I am seeing more charging stations. That's becoming more of a thing at the supermarkets at other um, plate, you know, retail shops, things like that. But I still feel that it's not that a lot of cities haven't fully embraced it. Oh, we have a long that, way to go. We have a okay. long way to go. Oh yeah, because I, yeah, 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 I yeah, think yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I think the charging stations play a role in the adoption 
of electric vehicles. If, if you <laughs> yeah. if you can charge at home, but you can't charge yeah. to where you're going, how do you get back? Right. And yeah. what can so I'm, I'm interested in, in kind of talking about what can be done at a community or an individual level to increase yeah. your accessibility. Is it writing letters to your local officials? What, what can be done? Well, that's a great question, and I want to answer it twofold. Um, I want to tell you um, a story first, and then I'm going to tell you what we need to do. The great. Story I love a good like story. This. Okay. Well, the story goes like this. Um, was at a conference with Bill Ford Jr. Uh, he was holding this Ford Trends conference, and we had it was the beginning of the conference. And it was held, of all places, at uh, the Detroit Lions Stadium for, for dinner because he owns it. Nice. Of yeah. Sounds pretty so epic. It was pretty epic. So then he gets on the dais and not one, not two, not three, not but four people asked him consecutively, what do we do to increase the adoption of electric vehicles? And the best part was because everybody knew me in the room and knew about my build your own electric vehicle book that I did with McGraw Hill. It wasn't me that asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Bill Ford Jr. then said, okay, if you really want to get electric vehicles done, you need to do what my great grandfather did with Thomas Edison and Rockefeller. They would every summer vagabond. And they would be like a bunch of vagabonds and they would drive all over the country and find the places where there was uh, rest stops, but no fueling stations. Mm. Imagine Thomas Edison, Albert Einstein, and Rockefeller getting out of the car and going in there. And they get, and you look at you go, wait a minute. you well, I know you three. Right. right. Yeah. Jaw on the jaw on the ground the moment. Love to, I would love to put a fueling station here for you. So, and in and Rockefeller probably back then was going, Don't worry, it's for free. You know, you don't have to worry about it. Don't worry about it. So we need to be contacting our local legislators uh and encouraging them to get whatever is needed to bring the infrastructure to their district. And I'm not just talking about, um, as we know there to be like the level two charging, which is home charging. We need more level three, which is the fast charging. Like gas stations. And that's public, that's gas stations, things. So things that I'm seeing at my local grocery store, that would be a a level three. Yeah, level three, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it might be a level two, it depends upon what they're doing, but in most cases, like I'll give you an example at the Walmarts or the Tesla charging that you see out there, Mm -hmm. that's all level three. That's gas station, fast fuel go. Um, It still takes long, but we're working on that. The main thing though, is to have central locations around each area to make it as easy as can be to fuel up. Uh, and it could be like, I remember one time I I drove a Ford F-150 Lightning up to pick my son up in Albany. So it's about a hundred, you know, a hundred and something miles from my house. 
Mm-hmm. I got up there, charged up on a fast charger at Electrify America at the local Walmart. Um, right next to it was Panera. My son and I got some food, came out, fully charged. Wow. That's what you need. That's what you need. That you need fast, more of that. Huh? Yeah. You need more of that. Um, so, and we, and, uh, yeah. Go ahead. You were saying, I'm sorry. No, I was I'll just saying it. I agree. No, I was just saying I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're going to start to see also more of these popping up. Um, Tesla is even looking into, believe it or not, they started one in, in Cali and they're going to expand it out like Tesla movie theaters. So like drive through movie theaters, like, you know, they're going to really enhance the experience. The other car companies are looking to expand infrastructure as well. Um, so at the same time that you need vehicle deployment, you still need more infrastructure deployment. They go hand in hand. Um, and the more we can do that and have not just like a Tesla, but uh, you need many more fast charging station opportunities out there. You know, we have in this country, uh, BP, Shell, Amoco, Sitco, Shell, you know, all these different fueling stations all over the country. And there's mm-hmm. one thing that I can tell you with, without certain, without uncertainty You'll find a gas station anywhere you need to, but yes. finding a, an EV charging station, there's still places that are called charging deserts, which means you can't find one. So we need to expand the amount of charging stations and especially in, and I've been saying it for a long time and I will not waver in uh, disadvantaged communities as well. It cannot just be in the upper class yes. whatsoever. It has to be in disadvantaged communities. It has to be in uh, apartment complexes. Yes, that's exactly be, that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it needs to be in those places. I fully, wholeheartedly agree with that. And until we get there, all these grand ideas that people have for infrastructure uh, are great. They're cute, but they don't solve the problem. Right. You're missing the practical ground level steps. Well, right. And also, if you think about it, uh, and I'll say this to your audience as well, where's the most emissions, but in heavily dense urban populated areas? It ain't in the suburbs. If anywhere, which should be put in charging stations, it's in those areas. So we need to, I mean, even the five boroughs of Manhattan, if you go on to plugshare.com and try to find a level three charger, there's only maybe one in Brooklyn. There's, there's not enough. There's just not enough. So we need to get our legislators to work with the local communities and the local people and the utilities and the entities that can install these chargers to install them. Because if we just sit on our laurels, it's not going to happen as effectively as we want it to. Right. And that's one of the things with net zero, we want to educate people on living more sustainable lives. We do want people to take the next step and uh, go net zero. And so we have carbon offset project, which I want to talk about in a few moments, but it's really this, this, 
component of educating people and, and helping them feel empowered to take action. And, and I would love your thoughts on this because I think individual action looks different for different people and, uh, and encompasses a lot of different things. And writing letters to your legislator is one example of an individual action that you can take. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on how, what are some of the strategies that are most effective in influencing uh, public opinion or and individuals to live more sustainably, to make, to feel more engaged, to to feel inspired, to say, you know what, I am going to write a legislator. I am going to recycle a little bit more. I am going to um, make this decision that's going to have less of a carbon footprint than the alternative. What are as as a social media consultant? Mm. What are you, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a great question. It really is because I've been saying it since I started being just mm-hmm. the green living guy. Um, I can't do this alone. So every time I put a message out there to people, I encourage them to either share my stuff content or create their own locally so that people that are your um, listeners or followers can hear the same messaging because sometimes as I would call it, the proper messaging isn't getting out there. Everybody who's in the green space is trying to come up with their own message for the day Mm. and nobody's working, um, which is a a problem in the green space. Nobody's working really um, together, meaning individual social influencers. So what I Okay. So I'm not talking about like the environmental defense fund or like, right. like that. They're doing the do, right? You know, NRDC, National Resources Defense Council, all these great organizations, they're doing their part. You know, I've got to love what they're doing. But we as as people that are on the ground and in the air, you know, basically on social media, if we all started working together a little bit more to create effective messaging, you'll then hear multiple people in a given time saying the same thing. And it takes, as we know in marketing, three times to convince somebody to even listen to something. Mm -hmm. Yes. To even think of the thought, you know, electric cars, electric cars, electric cars. Okay. What's this with electric cars, right? You know, that kind of thing. Um, if we started all just, or even a couple of groups, I'm not saying everybody, but even a couple of groups just, or a couple of social influencers just start getting together and saying, let's create the one message we're going to talk about today and or supporting each other. So if we're talking about our singular message, but also sharing other influencers' messages in your story, that's another way. It's really, um, I hate to say it, but it's the most free and easy way, but it's very hard for people that are social influencers to do it. I'm old mm. enough. I don't care. I'll share people's stuff. <laughs> you know, I've got, I'm a hundred, I'm very humble. Uh, uh, I, I try to live my life as best as I can, uh, do the best I can, um, planting forests all over the globe. I've got my soul. I do want to talk about that storage. next. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap up the question by saying I'm doing my part. 
But if we all started working together to collectively uh, message our part out to each other so that we started sharing each other's stuff and collaborating more, I think you could have a more effective messaging. And I think the problem is there's not effective messaging. Like, for example, and what I mean by that is another way. I'll, I'll give it to you simply. When, I, when the Democratic Party or the Republican Party talks about a message for the day, you hear everybody talking about the same message, right? Right. That's what I mean. <laughs> that would be powerful. That would right. be very powerful. And and no matter what platform you're on, no matter where you're scrolling, you'll yeah. see the same message. Now that's Mm -hmm. That's incredibly, yeah, that's incredibly powerful. And yeah. what an what an incredible strategy to implement uh, across the board to yep. really hone in on getting people to get more involved. It's only going to get more involved if we're more organized. If you divide and conquer, it's going to get a lot harder, right? If everybody's going out there dividing and trying to take their piece and think, I got to get my share. Blah, blah, blah. Look, there's so much opportunity in this green space. It's, uh, I don't want to use a New York negative term, so I'm going to try and increase my, my frequency here and say <laughs> it's the most amazing, um, it's like open land. It's like yeah. walking into somewhere and it being free and open for all of us to share in bountiful of trees of yeah. fruit and vegetable. I mean, it's just, there's so much to do. There's space. There's room for us. There's more than enough room for everybody. And I think that once people start working together more versus trying to take their claim You'll get more effective messaging, effective change, and effective leadership. Look, the last time we had this was when Leonardo DiCaprio was talking about if everybody bought a CFL. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we're on to LEDs, right? Because right. I was out there with a book called Green Lighting. People were pus pushing the messaging. People were putting posts out there. People were listening. And, and, people start getting LEDs because they realize the energy saving. So it's that kind of a collective push that if we all started working together, we could accomplish something. But by being divided um, and everybody coming up with their own message, so you have from one person, uh, buy a water filter. This person saying, get an electric car. This person saying, get solar. It's like, Going into a supermarket and having all the fragrance people going, you know, spraying you with something. It's like, get away from me. I don't need It's to. overwhelming. It's overwhelming it's, and it's noisy yeah, yeah. and it's hard yeah. to to figure that out. And I could see, you know, I've I've spoken with people that they want to do more on an individual level, but they don't know where to start because there's there's so many different directions that they can take. So I, I really appreciate you sharing this, this strategic vision. I think it would be so powerful if, yeah. if there were, there was more of a united messaging, um, especially on social media where so much of yeah. all of these conversations are, are happening. Uh, so I want to shift gears for a minute and talk about 
the uh, your involvement in planting global forests and the impact that this is having on the environment. Tell me a little bit about that. Thank you for asking again. For a long time, I've been talking about um, air quality. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, talking about reforestation. On my website, I don't even know how long it's been. It's been forever. And mm-hmm. especially when I was in my master's program and saw the deforestation of the Amazon, I realized we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, so do. Um, I was blessed when this organization called Evertreen that works with companies like Hewlett Packard, one of my recent sponsors, Merchants Fleet, uh, the largest fleet company in North America providing now electric vehicles. They, they're investing over a billion and a half into electric vehicle purchases for fleets across the country. Um, they offer me to build my own forest all over the globe at whatever level I wanted to do. So I donate a hundred dollars wow. every month and we just targeted various places across the globe to put in trees. Uh, and now in certain places I have over 220, 230 trees in one location per location, um, which is overwhelmingly, I'm, I, I, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and even Merchants is, is working with, like I said, with them, they planted in one location alone, 15,000 trees. Another organization called One Tree Planted, which works with like uh, Coldplay and, you know, whenever they these big, big, celebs try and say we're going to plant trees and whatever um they contacted me said do you want to do a forest with us so i'm covering now uh the the monarch butterflies in mexico (laughs) the brazilian rainforest uh again further um and and various other oh, oh and i'm also planting in like romania in uh and in inner cities in north america in texas. i love that that's in and that's texas. incredible yeah. how can people get involved with, with one any tree of these planted anybody can get involved in well you, if you go to my website you can mm-hmm. check out evertrains uh you can go to my my forest page which is i believe evertrain.com backslash green living guy um, or you can go onto my website and you can find it. Um, or you can go onto One Tree Planted and you could just place an order and donate and, and, and build your own your own forest on One Tree that's, Planted. Yeah. That's you don't great. Need- and I'll, I'll, all of these things will be linked on the website, by the way. So um, yeah, yeah. I'll make sure your, your website and all of these things are, are linked so that the listeners can can easily find that. Now, are these yeah. projects, do they have a carbon offsetting component? Evertreen has planted, for example, 825,371 trees, uh, total tons of CO2 absorbed, 14,770 tons of CO2. Wow. Um, my sole forest, I'm going to get to it right now and tell you exactly <laughs> what I'm saving. But um, I'm a part of that equation. And also on One Tree Planted, it tells you also 
what uh, the long-term savings is of my work, which is, is, is you know, a benefit of this uh, besides helping to cool our, our, our globe. But I've reduced so far or will be reducing 310.90 tons of CO2. I've planted 1,954 trees and created 244 working hours and implanted in nine countries. That's one I'm clapping. I'm clapping on, on my ends. That's incredible. Something that you can stop doing that maybe that you didn't think was doing something. Don't eat Cinnabon. Don't eat Cinnabon? Cinnabon. Don't eat Cinnabon. Guess where the cinnamon comes from? Mm, okay. Indonesia. Interesting. They just hack and they don't count account. Uh, they don't do carbon offsetting programs. They do nothing. So there, and it, we're Cinnabon in America. So you know, talk about, you know, they're cutting the trees down in Indonesia, bringing it to America, and then making you your Cinnabon. Isn't it crazy when you think about the the, the food system and the process of where your food comes from, the origin mm -hmm. stories, the people, the people that are impacted by whatever your packaged snack is. Yeah. It's, you know, I think it's, I think there's a special um, that I saw that's coming up. I can't remember where I saw it advertised about looking at entire food systems and talking oh, yeah. about food in that systemic way to really understand the people, the communities behind some of the things that we eat in this country that we take for granted. And so it's fascinating that you, that you bring that up because I, when you said Cinnabon, I would not have thought that at all. I don't eat those, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I don't eat them, but I, I wouldn't have, that would never have come up for me. So I, right. I appreciate you sharing that. Things like that people just don't Correct. realize they do that can make the biggest impact it's the smallest things it's mesmerizing it's just it, but if they do it collectively you know like we do our messaging collectively but if we started mm -hmm. um doing things like when leo says you know get a cfl if we started doing those kinds of campaigns on the regular collectively we could really ch change this world uh, i i gave my book green lighting to James Cameron. I signed it for him. And I said, Wonderful. dear James, I signed it. I said, dear James, thank you for helping to in the, you know, parentheses, green light, the environmental industry through mm -hmm. your work with avatar, the movie yes. avatar handed him the book. He took one look at it, scrolled, looked through it, looked at the back, looked at the, the inside. He said, you know, if we just did this, we could save this country. Hmm. And he's what right. A great story. Yeah. It's right. Because yeah. if we started just putting LEDs everywhere, we could save this country. And I'll give you an example. My local village of Ossining near me, I'm in Briarcliff, but I live in the town of Ossining and there's two villages, the town of the village of Briarcliff and the village of Ossining. So village of Ossining decided after I spoke with the mayor back then to switch all of the outdoor lighting to LED. 0% tax. 
tax increase for a year and it, and continued energy savings. So they were able to grow below inflation on taxes just by doing that. And they had not done the fire departments. They have not done yet the community centers. They have not yet done the school districts. There is so much we could be doing. And if we did it, as James said, and I know it, we could save this country. The reality is, is there's a lot of interests out there that aren't uh, in favor of this stuff. So we mm -hmm. need to work together, as I constantly say, um, to do this. Uh, so I constantly am living the, the, as I get older, I'm living the message of uh, the Beatles song where I say, come together right now over me. You know, like literally yes. let's just come <laughs> together. Let's just please, like if, if, you, if, if, if I got to be the one, let's just do it already. So, you know, um, I am committing on this podcast to work with the Net Zero podcast to uh, in continually work to help create a unified message so that we all get our messaging out together and to help you expand, not just because I'm on this podcast, so I'm not just focusing on mine, but I'm saying what you're doing is essential. So I will work tirelessly to help get the message of out about you. And I hope that you can do the same for me. That's all I ask. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. And it's working together. It's, yeah. it's, there's space, there's room for, for what we're trying to do. And it's about collaboration and coming together to reach yep. more, reach new audiences, reach more people, go deeper with the messaging. And, and, and absolutely we're here to, to, spread the word about everything that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be linking to everything. And yeah, I, I think we, we will start wrapping up this, this podcast. I, I feel like I can talk to you for five hours, but well, you're going um, to come on so mine fantastic. too. You're oh, please. I would podcast. love that. I would love that. This is what I talk about more. collaboration folks. Yes. I'm not playing. I see, you know, I'm serious about what I do. I've been sticking at this for a long time. Folks, uh, I remember when the governor's office in Stan New York used to tell me uh, it was a different party back then, but they used to tell me, you're crazy. You think that electric cars are going to work? We're promoting natural gas yeah, stations all over the country. How do you think that your small little electric vehicle idea is mm -hmm. going to take storm? Now they now now they're like, you want to do what? Like, because I'm always ahead. As I've said, so um, the best you, thing you, I you're can a do... futurist. You're the futurist. Yeah. To tell us yeah. what's coming down the pipeline. Tell us, tell um, us what's coming down the pipeline <laughs> that you, you that you I, see coming yeah. down. Because I know, I, I know that right down. now you're early for something. I know it. Yeah, yeah. It's called microgrids. Um, microgrids are when you have enough electric vehicles out there, you're going to need a lot more power, and the grid mm -hmm. alone isn't going to suffice. So at every which is something I wanted to do when I did my electric vehicle station car program back in 2001, which was the phase two, I called it. But we never got to phase two really in this country. We still haven't, hmm. um, which is microgrids. So imagine a bunch of Tesla charging stations, but there being a solar carport and battery energy storage on the side. So that means that it never is using the grid. 
You'll need a megawatt and a half to power semi trucks. You'll hmm. need, and that's one truck. You need a lot of power, folks. But the thing is, and I, and I know people are scared, confused, or whatever. But let's put it this way: the one thing we have is this country. And I'm just going to put this out there, and and given that you serve, I'm going to mention it this way: we consume more oil than any country in the world right now if we stopped or we started reducing the amount of oil by getting electric cars you're starving oil-based countries that usually don't like us of their resources so what i uh jokingly used to say when i worked for the state uh, when I worked for the New York Power Authority sometimes and I was doing my electric car program, they're like, so you're doing the electric vehicle thing. Really? What are you, what are you trying to do? And I would say, uh, with all respect, I'm trying to A, B, C, D, E, OPEC on a regular basis. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm trying to get us off oil, especially imported oil. It's a national security matter, but I'm trying to make it fun, engaging, and inviting. But really, I'm trying to protect us. If we even use natural gas until we start using renewable to fuel up certain powering stations, uh, power plants, that's what which we shouldn't be doing. Um, but if we're using more domestic fuel, I'm supporting that. But in reality, we if we're doing gigawatts of or gigafactories through Elon Musk for cars we need to be doing gigawatts of of power for solar and battery energy storage mm -hmm. you need to have power plants that are just battery energy storage systems yeah infrastructure the infrastructure to yep. have all of this wow so and i want every charging station to start building things like a fueling station which means solar carports battery energy storage get off grid you start doing that guess what happens to the the cost of operating that charging station it goes down it goes down becomes more profitable and then you could start reducing fueling costs because here's the last one and i'll leave you with this one folks we're starting to talk about it but we're not even close it's called v to g vehicle to grid you heard how the Ford F-150 Lightning can power a home if the power goes out, right? Yes. Imagine I've, I've... you've heard, you've seen the, the the commercials, right? Yeah, I know. You, I, yeah. So imagine at train stations or at parking lots, even in malls, folks, or in shopping centers, you plug in your charging station. You plug in your car in a charging station. A thousand cars, if they were all plugged in, and you pulled enough energy from that battery and you put it onto the grid and you incentivize the person who's allowing you to take power from their battery electric car, right? So you give them money to do it. Thou think about this. A thousand cars plugged in simultaneously drawing power equals a megawatt. So if you did 10,000 cars, 20,000 cars, 50,000 cars, 
we have more than a million cars on the road right now. Imagine right. if they were all battery. Imagine if they were all those charging stations were all microgrid and vehicle to grid. You could start paying people for using your electric car by using their power. And you can reduce the reliance on the current electric grid because it'll be its separate standalone microgrid. It's possible. We're just scratching the surface about it. But I'm Clearly telling you, we are. This is yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming like how solar. You know, when it, the meter goes backwards. Yep. Same concept. Plug in your car. We need. We need the energy. Your 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 energy meter goes backwards. So we're incentivizing you. You could be. You could possibly be at a charging station. Get into a vehicle to grid application and. Half of your cost for charging, or maybe all of it, is gone. So it's free power while you're at the train or at the parking lot or whatever. There's so many different real opportunities to save this country and to save this world. Uh, it's not impossible. Uh, if you take 9% of the Mojave Desert you could with solar, you could power the United States of America. If you take 1% of sub-Saharan Africa and you put battery energy storage and all that kind of stuff, you could power the world. We have so many electrons coming onto this earth. It's not it, political will. Mm -hmm. It's political will. And the only way that politicians are going to listen to us is through collective messaging, collective yes. camp writing campaigns, collective calling in campaigns, collective any of that stuff. They tally up these legislators, they tally up when they get um, multiple requests for one thing or another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a really great takeaway message for, for listeners is that each and every one of us has the opportunity to get involved and to join forces with our neighbors, our communities, and take collective action and individual action to move the needle, to see these things come to fruition, to, yep. right? Yep. So it's, it's, we, you know, we have the potential to do that. And, and you um, are such an incredible role model for what it is to, to take action, to, um, to really put your passion to, to, to the test, um, to make such a difference and to help spread that message in a, in a, in a fun way. Yeah. And I, I, I admire that. I think it's so wonderful and yeah, so we're going to, yeah, so we're, we're going to start wrapping it up, but um, if there's any final thoughts you'd, you'd like to share with the listeners, please sure. feel free to do sure. so. So I will leave it with this. Um, my one little thing that I do regularly, right, is I is I show electric cars and I show them fun on my website, on my Instagram, right? Yeah, that's one thing I do regularly. And they'll um, be linked too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you. So I've been doing that for a while now. That one trend consistently. That one sense of send of uh, uh, messaging regularly doing it. And Instagram asked me to 
for my opinion. And I came down to Instagram headquarters and talked with them. And then I said, just so you're aware, you know, I take these great songs and that you have uh, on your Instagram and I do these videos with them and I explain to them why I do it. You know, I'm trying to reduce our carbon footprint by people purchasing really cool electric cars. And they said, oh, that's cool. So recently one time, because this was happening until I spoke to Instagram, it would take down my thing because it would blow up. My web, my, my post would blow up, right? And they'd be like, the, 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 the recording company would be like, hey, he's profiting off of it. And I'm not. I'm giving all of it mm, back. Oh, yeah, the, the copyright songs and yeah, all of that. So, yeah. yeah. They're like, I'm like, I'm like, and I'm doing it for my Greater Hudson River Electric Vehicle Association, which is a nonprofit, which I'm the president of. And I told this to Instagram. So they now override anytime the music, nice. the music industry. What good I'm for you. Is, good for you for telling yeah. them to to stop taking yeah. their stuff down. Yeah. I didn't even tell them. I just told them what I'm doing and why nice. I do. So again, what why I say this, why I bring this story up is that if you just stick with what you're doing to to promote a net zero life and you stay consistent with it. Consistent like just showing up, as Bill Murray said to me once, just show up regularly. Yes. Let people know you're present. Yes. If you do that, people are going to, people will find you. People will contact you. People will say, hey, and it'll be very matter of fact. Hey, I'm with Instagram. We'd love you to come down and talk with us. We're going to pay you X to do it. What's good for you? It happens, exactly. folks. Exactly. It's real. So my statement is keep doing what you're doing to promote the environment. Keep doing what you want to do. Take your little idea that you think is crazy and stick with it because it's not. It can change the world. It can change. Never, 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 never forget what one small group of like-minded individuals can do because together they could change the world. Beautiful. Seth, thank you so, 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 so much. Like I said, I could, you're fascinating to talk to. Thank you for bringing so much knowledge, wisdom, insights, facts, everything. Thank you for bringing all of that to, to, to this conversation. I've truly enjoyed it. I can't um, wait to, to share more of, of your information on our website, which is netzeropledge.org. I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please make sure to follow us on our social media handles at netzeropledge.org. Please make sure to follow Seth. Everything is going to be linked. And please feel free to, to continue this conversation in the comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you all so, so much.